Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You're listening to NBC Sports Radio. Weekends. This is the Two Robbies Football Show. Your number one source for Premier League football. On NBC Sports Radio. Now, here are your hosts, Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl. Right hand side. His options and he slides it through. Jamie Vardy. Is this the moment? History is made! Jamie Vardy has scored in 11 consecutive Premier League games. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies Football Show presented by Land Rover. Robbie, we saw history today. An amazing performance from Jamie Vardy. An amazing record. Uh, That's impressive, isn't it? You are no longer allowed to call him Jamie Vardy. He is Sir James <laughs> Vardy of Leicester City. 11 successive games. It's magnificent, Robin. You know what, what's most impressive? And I was reading a little bit about Ruud van Nistelrooy, who, who held the record at uh, 10 straight games, was that van Nistelrooy was in a team that he was backed by Beckham and Giggs and Scholes and Kane and Keane and the likes. No disrespect to Jamie Vardy, but he's got all Brighton and Mares and Drinkwater and Slop. It's yeah. a different level of supporting act. So to, to have done it in, in a team that like he's done it, when you think of some of the great strikers, I'm talking Thierry Henry, Andy Cole, Alan Shearer, you know, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen, huge names of Premier League goal scorers, Rob. For Jamie Vardy to be sitting top of the pile with this record is outstanding for a young man who not that long ago was playing in the lower tiers of English football. And, and it's all the more remarkable that, 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 that without trying to sound um, unfair, mm. is that the, not all that he's got, but he's got pace mm. and he's got a willingness to run in behind. Mm. And not that that's it, he's a very good finisher, yeah. but he's not one of those guys that, that can flick the ball up, he can yeah, turn a skills, defender inside, yeah. a smash in the yeah. top corner, or I play bet he can't, one I bet, twos and stuff like that. I bet he can't like do that. 15 kick-ups. He's one of them, <laughs> isn't he? But yeah. he knows how to put the ball in the, in the back of the net, which is the, the most important thing. Big question with him, Rob, and, and it's 28 years of age, 29 coming up in January. Do you think somebody has a little bid for him? Let's talk about the window. Is he is the kind of striker that could go somewhere and, and, and do okay and, and go and score goals? I think the way, the form that he's in right now and the confidence that he, that he has, he can absolutely score goals in any other team. The question is, Robert, how much or how big a price tag that Leicester put on him. Um, I think he should stay where he is, get a bigger contract, enjoy what he's doing, and just continue going. But it will be tempting for some of the other teams that are struggling for goals in the Premier League to say, you know what, let's just test the resolve of Leicester City and put a big bid in. And Jamie Vardy for himself, yeah. he's coming to football late, he's come the hard way. He might just be thinking like one big contract now really really sorts him out. I'm looking at someone like Newcastle. It'd be a great number nine for Newcastle, wouldn't he? It's a bigger club, there's 50,000 every week, he'd earn more money. It'd be, you know, that kind of move could, could be something that, that will be tempting to him at this stage in his career. And all teams need pace. Mm. And all teams need forwards that, that their first thought is to get in behind defenders. Mm. And he's clever, he doesn't stay in the 
centre. He drifts to the outside so he can get on the half turn. He can see a little bit of the play. He can see the ball coming through. And his confidence in finishing right now is, is just astounding. It's a great story. Yeah. And it's a great story for Leicester City. Yeah, and it's not just mm, him, Rob. And no. there's other players that are yeah. very good at Leicester. Red yeah. Mares, I really like him. We talked about uh, Drinkwater and, uh, uh, and other players that's yeah. making this possible. Yeah. But the way they're going, and they're still 29 points now at the top of the league, joint top of the Manchester City, it's quite remarkable. And, and I kept, you know, people were saying, well, it's the next big six games that are coming along and, and Leicester are going to drop. And I was one of them saying, hold on a minute, you know, the, the Leicester might just be looking forward to these games. And listen, that's one down. They're still above Manchester United. They're second in the league. They've scored 29 goals and, and they're in good form, Rob. So, listen, long mate continue and they've got Swansea and Chelsea to come. Two mid-table teams. Bring it on if you're a Leicester fan. Brilliant, absolutely. And we've got uh, callers that want to talk about all sorts of clubs. We have Ben from Minneapolis. I think he wants to talk about Leicester City. Ben, you're through to the two Robbies. Ben, are you there? You're through to the two Robbies. The story that Leicester is bringing us this year, um, you know, it's clear that this is what real football is all about. You know, stories like Leicester, stories like Swansea City, stories like um, Crystal Palace. Um, you know, here in America, it's clear that we love promotion relegation. So what I'm wondering is when are we going to allow our clubs here the same opportunities to create stories like Leicester City in England? Yeah, it's a really good point, Ben, because um, it, it's not always about the size of y your bank balance and, and what you can buy. There's other things, there's other important things that make a team. I played in a notorious Wimbledon, Wimbledon team there. We all came from lower league, Ben, but collectively we had a spirit, we had a, a style of play, we had a, a motivation about us that meant we'd go to the big games and, and we'd upset Arsenal and Manchester United and Liverpool. And, and I look at this Leicester team and it's packed full of spirit and characters. They've come from behind in more games than anybody in the league re recovering 10 points you know and I look at I look at Newcastle I look at Sunderland I look at Chelsea I look at Swansea teams with much more talent in the team but they're not producing because they haven't got that element of, of what Leicester have got but Ben's talking about bringing bringing these kind of storylines to, mm. to MLS and to, to soccer in the US and I think some of those stories are there I want to see, from the local league, Rob, I want to see a bit more of the storytelling. I want to see the stories behind the teams. I want to see more personalities in the game. And, uh, you know, I, I just think it's difficult to really understand the personalities when you don't see them that much. It just seems the game comes on, then the next game, and then you, there's a little break between the next game. Promotion relegation is something I know has been talked about here. It seems very unlikely it's ever going to get in. But I think it's a good point that, that yeah. Ben brings up. And uh, the story at Leicester City is, is remarkable right now. What about the story at Manchester United, right. Rob? Yeah. What about the story at Manchester United? You were talking about quick, pacey forwards in Jamie Vardy. At the moment, Manchester United look devoid of quick, pacey forwards. It's a Man United team that we know is, is controlling games, almost 70% possession of the ball today. For me, Rob, never once did they have a position where they had Leicester hanging on. There, was, there wasn't lots of chances. Yes, they controlled the ball. Mm. At times, they controlled the possession uh, and they got into good, good areas. But there's not the threat, Rob. And continually, Louis van Gogh has been criticised about style. It was another day where it was disappointing in the attacking third again. What's going to happen? Well, first of all, I, I think um, what we saw today was, was kind of typical Manchester United under Van Gaal. The control is there, the possession is there, but the penetration, the cleverness isn't there. Now, you want something different. You could have had an end-to-end -end game with Man United, and, 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 and we could see that. A different manager might go in there and say, you know what, let's be a bit more gung-ho, let's throw people forward, let's attack on the outsides, forward, forward, forward. But that's gonna be, uh, you're going to develop an end-to-end -end game. 
That's when you concede goals. Van Gaal isn't going for that style. He's going for the control, defensively strong. If you ain't got the ball, if we have it, you are not scoring. Okay. So I, I'm still, I see in the same, not problems, but issues. Mm. Good control. They're lacking the quality. The front. first goal that they conceded today, Jamie Vardy, break away from a counter-attack. We all remember United in the past well, but I can recall a game at the Emirates where R Ronaldo and Rooney broke away from, from an off defence, ran the length of the pitch and pointed in the back of that. That's what United used to do. What's happened to that United? That isn't going gung-ho, but that's having a little bit more attacking flair. That's pushing bodies forward when it's the right time. Manchester United still do it very slow and very laboured, get, getting bodies ahead of the ball. Uh, I, I just think the personnel right now up front are not doing it. Right, so Anthony Martial is probably going to go on to be a great player. Memphis Dubai comes into the game. He, he obviously is going to be a good player, but it's too early for them to kind of rely on it and all the things that you want and the fans want. They want this kind of free-flowing, attacking, creativity, there, end product game. There's one name you haven't mentioned there, Robbie Musto. There's one name you haven't mentioned, Wayne Rooney. <laughs> yeah. Please talk, discuss. No, no I, I think it's time now that... that I think it is time for him to sit on the bench. I think I've been patient with him. I think the manager's been patient with him. Um, came off today, we're citing a little knock. I'm not sure how true that is and how much that affected him. But I think now it's time for him and maybe Juan Mata to get a chance to play in the number 10. We saw that today and I thought Mata was okay. But Rooney's not doing anything, Rob. He's not bringing anything. He's not... His touches aren't good. His pace has gone a little bit, so he's not beating players. He's not, it doesn't look like scoring goals. And he's not that good in terms of passing. Yeah, and it was one of those days where people were suggesting that if he, he was injured and he came off, but Louis van Gaal after explained that he was going to keep his captain on the pitch if things had, had stayed the same. Yeah, I, I, I just think that, that there's a lot of pressure on Manchester United. They didn't get the result today that you'd expect from a United team going to Leicester City. Um, but they'll go forward and the pressure will continue and he'll try different systems and different, different players. I just think it's, it's something that the fans have to be patient. I know they're getting fed up. I know they're, they're booing, etc. And the, the ex-players are, are hammering them uh, on, on TV over there in the UK. But for me, he's been trusted with this team. He's going a younger route and you've just got to wait to see if that develops. You've got to give him the, the season and see if the, the attacking play does get better. Yep, there's more United talk after the break, Rob. We'll get to a few calls. United started the day trailing Leicester. They're still trailing Leicester, so credit to Ranieri's man. We'll discuss Manchester City's reaction to two defeats in a week, and we'll take a look at Remy Gard and the problems he's got at, at Aston Villa. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio and NBCSportsRadio.com. OK, let's go to the phone lines. We have Nipun from Indianapolis who wants to talk about Manchester United. Nipun, you're through to the Two Robbies. Hi, Robbies. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Uh, my question is um, more to do with LVG's post-match press conference, and it kind of ties in with what you guys have been saying. I, I mean, I don't think he should be fired or anything, but it is puzzling that he saw this game, and after the game he said that United were the better team. And I wonder what you guys think based on the fact that, you know, Leicester had two or maybe three one-on-ones with De Gea and United barely created a chance to open play all game. It's a really good point, Nipun. And in all honesty, what I think is, I think it's how Louis van Gaal 
looks at the game, assesses the game, and in terms of possession, he'll say we had plenty of that, almost 70%. In terms of, of getting players in areas of the pitch, he's wide players, Darmian and Young, he'll say he did that. He'll probably talk about maybe chances and numbers, and in that respect, maybe he's right, maybe they, 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 they did get ahead, but sometimes in the Puna, I think as fans and as followers of football, well, you watch a game and you get a feel, and I almost felt that, that Leicester might just catch him on the counter-attack again when they try to break right. forward. It, it, it just worries me that that I just think there's a, there's a disconnect between what Louis van Gaal feels is good football and, and what's attractive and what general Manchester United fans really want to see. And, and while that disconnects there, I think this, this kind of debate is going to go on for some while. No, I kind of agree. And I, I think it's a, it's a great um, point of debate because... We know what he wants, Rob. He wants to control the game. So when he gets to 60, 70% possession, he's happy. He's happy, thinks that we're control, we should take our chances, and maybe forgets a couple of chances that they give up as well. Um, I just think it's the way he's doing it. It's the way he's doing it, and you're going to stick with him, and I agree, we, you know, we shouldn't be talking about getting rid of the manager at this particular moment in time with him so close to the top of the league. But I think Man United fans will, like Napoon, mm. just scratch your head a little bit and say, hang on a minute, you know, are we really... Are we really great? Was that really a very good performance? Are you satisfied when we didn't really look like scoring too much? Does Louis van Gaal change Manchester United? Or does Manchester United change Louis van Gaal? It, uh, nobody changes Louis van Gaal. I think he's going to keep Ooh. going the same way, Ooh. Robbie. And he'll, uh, the same philosophy, the same belief in young players, the same way he's given these young guys some playing time to the same, get better. The same pretty boring football? Listen, you think it's boring. I, th- I think it's a couple of... Players that it's that, that I mean, Mark, yeah. If you bring in some star players to United, Rob, and they get the ball, they, 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 they play well and they and they perform as they should be at a club like Manchester United. I don't but, think anybody's but, complaining but, about the style of football, but, but, it's Rob, the players are not performing yeah, up yeah, front. Rob, he's more focused on the defending side. If he gets what's failed, wrong with that? It's nothing wrong with the defensive there's absolutely focus, absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if you have Ronaldo and you're playing him at right back, he ain't going to be a threat, yeah. If but you, you know, he's not fail, gonna, if they're Bale or Ronaldo come into the team up front, they possess, they control 70% is lovely because they're going to get these front players the ball. They're giving the front players the ball now, Robbie Earl, and there's not much happening. Wayne Rooney's not well, doing much. Well, Martial's trying, but he's not, he's ready got his yet. captain ahead, he's, do you got guys, his big signing ahead. He, do you guys think that they're actually trying to play the ball ahead? Because it seems to me yeah. that ball, the balls are basically being played across the defense as opposed to uh, incisive passes into the forwards. Yeah, and that's where he talks about the c- control in the Poon, and he wants it to be a steady build-up. He isn't going to throw bodies forward, and, and, he, and he has that box between the two centre-backs and whether it's Carrick and, and Schweinsteiger, as we saw today. They control the game at the back, and that's the way he's going to do it. It's going to be fascinating to see how things go as the criticism keeps rising. Listen, great call, Nipun. Thanks very much. Let's go to Shim in New York, another caller that wants to talk Manchester United. Shim, you're through to the two Robbies. Hey, uh, I just wanted to say I'm a huge fan, but... I, as a Manchester United fan, I, I do kind of agree with uh, Ravi Musto, the fact that it doesn't bother me particularly that we're not, uh, we're not flashy as we used to be under Ferguson before that. Hmm. But I do think the main problem is the fact that we lack, like, uh, Depay, Lingard, Ashley Young aren't good enough to be starting wingers. So we need someone else with pace, who, with proven quality. I, I, my question for you guys was, 
who do you think out of at least Saitomane, Riyad Mahrez, and Jamie Wardy should Manchester United go for in the January transfer window? That's <laughs> a good question. I'd probably take Mahrez, I, I think, right now. I think with his threat from wide, I think his pace. Vardy would, 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 would be an addition, but I just worry about Vardy over the long term. Listen, last season, Vardy scored his first goal against Manchester United in that 5-3 win for Leicester. He didn't score for six months after. He's on a hot run now, and we all know how good, good a player he, he's looking, but I like Mahrez if you're giving me that choice. I'd take Bale if, if we're talking about big hitters. I'd go for Gareth Bale at 26 years of age. Still something to prove. Still hungry. I think he'd be a great return to the Premier League. Yeah, I think it's a good question. I think Sadio Mane is a player that I really like as well, but I, I tend to agree with you, Rob. I think that Mahrez is a brilliant player. I think he's a fantastic player. I think Man United fans would love to see him at Old Trafford and see what he can do. Swap young for Mahrez, hey? How about that? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, just on the on the big hitters, uh, and thanks, Jim. It's a, it's a great idea because it's, it's got me thinking now. Bale or Ronaldo? I, I that, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. Well. Well. Okay. Well, I'll answer it. I think you'd have to take Cristiano Ronaldo back to Manchester United. You know, of all the things that we've talked about, what well, they're lacking, Robbie. Never go he, back. He would be a stunning player. Back at United, dynamite, goal-scoring, production. That's what they lack. And then when they control possession and they're bossing game 70%, they're getting the ball through to Ronaldo and things will happen. It's the personnel more than the style. Ooh, banging the table a little bit. <laughs> I'd go for Gareth Bale, younger, hungrier, wants to give a little bit more giving to the team. I just think Ronaldo is one of those guys who is a little bit more about himself than he is the team. Okay, Matan from Montreal wants to talk about Wayne Rooney, I think. Matan, you're through to the two Robbies. Yeah, how are you guys? Brilliant. So I was watching Manchester United today, and um, generally the game was, I think, fine, because Leicester on a really hot run, while Manchester United aren't so much. But uh, Wayne Rooney, in my opinion, isn't so sharp. Um, I don't know if it's because he's carrying an injury or it's a lack of surprise from the midfield or the wings. Or maybe it's just aging. But what do you guys think Manchester United should do with Wayne Rooney? Well, my time, we, we briefly touched on it. I think that Wayne Rooney should sit on the bench. I, I mean, I'm a big supporter. I'm a big fan of what he's done, what he's doing for England and his goal scoring, etc., etc. But right now, simply, he's been given lots of time. He's not playing well. There's no production. There's no end product. There's no assist. There's very few goals. And there's other players, I'm thinking of one matter, that would love the opportunity to play as a number 10. You know, the playing in the hole there and sliding through the likes of Memphis. I think Memphis now, after a little touch on the sideline is should come back in Martial and Memphis I think Memphis was good in, in, in Europe playing as that central player and I think I, I want to see Matter with the opportunity to dictate and to make those through balls because Rooney's not doing it No, it's interesting to hear you Martin say that you were okay with the game I, I, I'm one of those who looks back at, at Manchester United over the years and say, is that where things are now? You go to the King Power Stadium at Leicester and you're, you're happy with the draw? Listen, Wayne Rooney is out of form and everybody has, is expendable at some point. He's the captain of the football club. He's an experienced player. That's why I think one of the reasons that, that Louis van Gaal keeps him, keeps him in the team. Lingard is up and down. Martial looks to me like it's just starting to become a little bit of an effort. It, it, he's, you know, he needs dipping out a little bit, having a breather. Memphis, I agree with Robbie Musto. I think it's time to throw him back in and let him come again. He's, he's an experienced international footballer, but it's always it's a tough one. This debate with Manchester United is going to continue and continue. We'll revisit probably on our podcast as we can. And we're going to grab a couple and take a short break. Then we'll get back and talk about Spurs versus Chelsea at the lane. That's a big game for us tomorrow. And Liverpool versus Swansea. Jurgen Klopp having a go at his star striker, Daniel Sturridge. What's going to come from that? 
I'm Earl, he's Musto, and together we're the two Robbies talking all things Premier League. We'll be back in just a tick. Welcome back to the show. If it's in your nature to seek adventure, the 2016 Discovery Sport was built for your pursuits. With available 5 plus 2 seating, you'll take comfort in leaving your comfort zone. This holiday, visit LandRoverUSA.com for special offers during the Land Rover Season of Adventure sales event. Lease a Discovery Sport SE for $399 per month for 39 months with $3,495 plus taxes, titan fees due at signing. It includes $1,000 holiday credit now through January 4th. Visit LandRoverUSA.com or call 1-800-FIND-4WD for details. Land Rover, above and beyond. The other team in Manchester, Robbie Earl, Manchester City won today, beat Southampton 3-1. Back on track? Yeah, very much back on track. It was a decent reaction to the, the two defeats midweek. You've got to remember there's no Vincent Company, there's no Joe Hart, two big leaders for them. And, and Fabian Delph had, a, had a, an influential game on his first City start, got his first City goal. He's had a little bit of drive in midfield. And although the game was in the balance a little bit at 2-1, they got the third goal and they're in decent form now to go to Hull in the League Cup. So, yeah, a, a decent day for Manchester City. Yeah, I, I think they're doing it. You know, kind of the other way that United are not doing it. It's very much kind of open games of football. They're, they're backing their players to be better than the others. That was the case today. One more worry I've got, Rob. Yeah. Sergio Aguero hobbled off yeah, after Yeah, he hobbled minutes. off as well. That's, that's a concern. But at least I think Delph's um, performance was good as well. I think he gives a little bit of balance. He's another soldier, as I like, to, to get in there and work and around the likes of Yaya Torre and other players as well. Another brilliant game today. We have to talk about Bournemouth 3, Everton 3. An amazing finish. Uh, four goals from 80 minutes and on. Just an amazing game. I've got a tweet on that one, Rob, and it's from Arjun MR who said that the Bournemouth equaliser was down to the Everton supporters storming the pitch. <laughs> maybe I'll say a little bit of football karma there? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Incredible scenes. Uh, we've got callers as well. We want to talk about Bournemouth. We've got Paul from New York State. Paul, you're through to the two Robbies. Good evening, chaps, as Rebecca would say. <laughs> How are um, you doing, Paul? Um, doing well, thank you. Yeah, so... Um, I've been, you know, completely impressed by Bournemouth's reluctance just to die in these games. I mean, today was fantastic how they came back from 2-0. And despite the injuries, um, I'm just wondering if you guys think that um, they actually have a chance of uh, staying up. I'd love to say so, Paul. And, 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 you know, I think we all have got a feeling for Eddie Howe in, in this team and the way that they've came up. But there's a little bit of naivety about the group, I have to say. Um, you know, 2-0 up last weekend, they, they draw. They've shown great spirit to come back to, on a couple of occasions today to get something. But they've conceded 30 goals. They've had some big injuries that have hurt them. I just hope they can get through the, this next period and, and just get a little bit of stability around the football club and give themselves a chance to keep the belief amongst the group. Of all people, Rob, surely you give them a chance. You've got to give them a chance. I do give them a chance, but, the, Rob, in this uh, Premier League level, well, look it's, at, so, it's so difficult to score goals. Well, look and at, at the moment, it looks so easy for Bournemouth to concede goals. And that worries me, Rob, if you're leaky. Watford are a, a, a little bit more disciplined. Norwich look like they've got a little bit mm. more strength to them. I just think they're leaking goals too easily. I, I think there's a chance that Bournemouth go on a bit of a run Ooh. because I think the confidence is still there though they're struggling. I think the football that they play is very, very good. It, and Paul's absolutely right. The, the injuries they've had are absolutely crippling. But you look at others. I'm basing this on others, Rob. Newcastle United, Aston Villa, Norwich City. I mean, there's a few... That, that maybe could be worse than Bournemouth. So I totally agree in terms of conceding goals and, and the, the style of play is not helping at times. They've been caught like it's a few times they've given mm. up leads. But, 
But the chance for me comes from some of the other teams. And I reckon right now that Bournemouth are not one of the three worst teams in the league. Big we'll statement, Robbie. Yeah. What do you think, Paul? What do you think, Paul? I hope you're right, Robbie. I mean, you know, obviously they've got, you know, Sylvain Distin, who's probably older than all of us. <laughs> mm. um, well, must have. Half, but he seems to have done okay. I'm with you, Paul. If you say they'll stay up, I think they'll stay up as well. Make sure you call us towards the end of the season. We'll have another chat about Brilliant. it. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Paul. Thanks for the call. Yeah, absolutely. OK, Robbie, let's look forward. There's so many other big games coming up as well. We've got a preview. Spurs versus Chelsea. Big, big game. They've yeah. both been involved in, in European games. Chelsea have more days rest. Tottenham have like a six-hour flight to Azerbaijan. Have to come back and recover. They're a fit young team. Yeah. Can they beat Chelsea at home? Spurs are favourite, Rob, I would say, and I never thought we'd be saying that when we're talking about the reigning champions going to White Hart Lane, but I think the Spurs team have taken a step forward. I think there's a consistency about Spurs that we've not seen for many years. There's a resilience about them. There's an energy. The key to winning the game tomorrow is that Spurs play at the high tempo, high speed, it's high press, and it's going to be a hard one with the trouble, and I know Pochettino's already talked about it, and I just hope he hasn't gone into the mind of some of his players, Rob, and set a little bit negativity because they're fit young players listen when I was 21, 22 and the likes as long as I'm winning I'll play a game and I'll run all day this group look like they've got it in them yeah. Delhi Ali is going to be a huge miss though because his ability to run on past Harry Kane and cause defenders problems is something that they'll miss from that central area of the pitch I enjoy Jose Mourinho's comments uh, about Spurs he loves them doesn't he he really likes he this team. He respects them. He respects them. Yeah, but yeah. I think I think it's what he wants his teams to mm. be. Mm. And his best teams, most successful teams, have got a, a hard-working mm. element in them, a, a pressing, a every player being involved. There's no carrying. There's no players that get carried in the Spurs team. And Mourinho loves that. And he hasn't got it right now. He just hasn't got it. It's a different Chelsea team. There's flair players, the Oscars and Azards and, and, and Costas are, that are not really doing it going forward and not really going to help you out too much defensively. But Spurs, for me, look a, a really complete team there's a good mix of energy a little bit of ability Eric Lamella's impressed me yeah. Rob with his mm. his development I mean Pochettino yeah. has to be the best coach we've seen for a while of bringing forward mm. not just the younger players but players that didn't yeah. really look like they were going to work out Mr. With Dembele you put that, him Absolutely. in that same category as well I just want to talk to you about two players Robert in a little discussion Harry Kane centre forward yep. at Tottenham Hotspur Diego Costa centre forward at Chelsea what a contrast between these two players. And, and right now, you would probably put Kane ahead of Costa I, I would, in the yeah. pecking order. I'd love to have Harry Kane in front of Costa now, yeah. I, I think the something's gone with, with Costa. And I think there was a, a moment of time where he, he was too bothered about fighting and arguing. Well, he's and fighting being with his own manager guy. now, Rob. We've seen yeah. it in Norwich and we see it in, in the Champions League as well. Yeah, and that, I think... That can't be right. Well, his manager's got every right to have a go at him. I think some of the games, Costa's not been making the right runs. He's a big boy, Rob. I keep away from him. <laughs> I know he is, but I, I think the, the manager, he'll have a go at whoever he wants to have a go at. And I think Costa... He is such an important player. He's got to buck up his ideas. If he doesn't score goals for them, they've got absolutely no chance of getting towards the top four because Marino still believes they can do it. This is another game. They lost to Liverpool in the quest for the top four when the teams are going to be there. This is another key game. If he loses this match, Rob, he can kiss goodbye definitely, I think, to the top four. And I think the ownership will think, you know what? We've had a period of time now where there's a lot of pressure on Mourinho and he's lost to Liverpool. He's looked better on the Champions League, but that's not a done deal yet. And if he loses to Spurs, I think then Roman Bramovich and the board will think, you know what? 
I'm not sure this is recoverable. Let's start looking around who might be out there. Talk about motivating centre-forwards, Rob. We're going to move forward to the Liverpool-Swansea game, and, and Jurgen Klopp has come out and, and almost questioned the, the, the pain threshold of Daniel Sturridge, saying he's got to go through maybe a little bit more pain to get on the football pitch. Interesting words from, from the German manager. Is he poking Sturridge? Is he publicly just trying to get the reaction? He is, and I, and I think it's... Uh, I think those words needed to be said. I think he's brave for saying them because a lot of other managers wouldn't do that and they've suspected, you know, does he really pay, play through the pain barrier? I mean, looking back when we played, I can't remember a time mm. in the last 10 years of my career where I ran out from my dressing room onto that field of play and didn't feel something yeah. where I'm thinking, oh, am I going to be able yeah. to get through this game? And then the, the game starts mm. and the adrenaline goes and you make a couple of tackles and you run around a little bit and all of a sudden you, you're okay with it. Sturridge isn't doing that, is he? I mean, it's difficult to criticise him because it's hard to know how much pain he's under, yeah. but I think it's brave of the manager to... But, to but I mean, said that, Robin, and we were uh, of a similar ilk. There was play, there's always those players on your team who you know didn't, didn't play when they weren't 100%. Always had those little niggles. It's a, I don't know. This, he's gone down the hard line with Daniel Sturridge. It's a bit of a gamble by a new manager. We, we were at Liverpool last, mm. last year, and we had a meeting with Brendan Rodgers, and he didn't say it so no, much, but there was, a, there was it alluded a yeah. little bit that we can't get mm. Daniel out on the pitch. Yeah. You know, he's... It, we we got to try and give him confidence and put it, put our arm around his shoulder to say, you're okay, you're going to be okay. Mm. So that vibe was there with Brendan Rodgers. He never came out and said something as publicly as this. So I think this is a, this is a public poke. It's like, listen, you're no use to us mm. if you're not playing. And I know he's had injury issues. And, you know, I guess I take it all back if he's got a serious problem with his, his foot now. But he's got to get out there and play. Well, he's proven the, the, the master of man management so far, Jurgen Klopp. He's got a smile. He's had an arm around one or two players. He's certainly had a big poke at, at Daniel Sturridge. We'll see how that one plays out. Big game to look forward to at Anfield tomorrow, Liverpool versus Swansea. It's time for us to take our last break and we'll have a quick look at the North East, Rob, and contrasting fortunes between Newcastle and Sunderland. And then we'll preview all Sunday's games. You're listening to Two Robbies Radio Show as presented by Land Rover on NBC Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Two Robbies football show here on NBC Sports Radio and on NBCSportsRadio.com. Before we go on and talk and preview the games on Sunday, I just want to go back to a couple of games uh, played today in the region that I know very well, the northeast uh, of England. Well, the two teams are from the northeast. Crystal Palace 5, Newcastle United 1. Mm. After a week where Steve McLaren, the manager of Newcastle United, said that he had kind of lock-in talks. Clear the clear air. Clear the talks. air. He, 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 you know, he said a few swear words, which is against his rules, but he got, they, all, they all got a little bit heated. And to be fair, Rob, we've been in these before. Mm. And I can't remember a time when there wasn't some kind of positive reaction yeah. from the game. I mean, this 5-1 defeat, I don't know where he goes from here. Clear the air, talks, and then it looked all foggy again out there <laughs> because they were all over the place, Newcastle, Robin. And it's another disastrous season that looks like it's shaping up for Newcastle. Two wins all season. They a poor defeated in the time we're Derby. A manager who keeps coming on the TV and glossing up and trying to find some positives, but there is none. His biggest players, your Colachinis and your Sissokos, your leaders in the football club, look like they've they've turned it in. And to be honest, Robert, and it's not a phrase I like, 
He doesn't look like he's got the dressing room. He doesn't look like he can motivate or get a reaction from this group of players. They're as bad as they were under John Bin, Corbett. Bring back the fanager. Bring back the fanager. John Corbett. I mean, Stu, uh, Steve McLaren's had, he's had millions. He spent, they've had one of their biggest transfer windows of all time to get better, to improve. And Mike Ashley kind of said what he, you know, done what he said he's going to do and mm. put money into the football club. And Steve McLaren can't get a tune out of him. I just think it's, at some point, Rob, the manager's got to say, you know what? We're trying to play our way out of trouble. Yeah. We, we look incredibly open as a team. There's no compactness. Yeah. Let's get back to basics, back to by the basics. way. Four, Grind four, two. Yeah, or four, five, one. Couple of nil-nils and then you yeah. nick a one. And, and I'll tell you, if they want to get the, the blueprint, just, just look down the road at, at Sunderland, Sam Allardyce. Back-to-back wins for them. Two clean sheets, Rob. A little mm-hmm. bit of defensive organisation and look what it does to, you, to your football club and your football team. Uh, and fair play to Sam Allardyce because this was a, a, another group that was looked a little bit dishevelled and, and ragged. But I saw them at Crystal Palace last week on, on Monday and they defended really well. They scored a goal which they normally concede. It was a mix-up between two defenders. Today they go away at Stoke City. Get a little bit of luck maybe with the red card for Shawcross. But again, another clean sheet. Get a couple of goals. I like the kid what more. Yep. And I tell you what, Sam now has got a bit of momentum going. He's been there, he's done it before, he knows what he takes. There's no kind of... I don't, I don't want to swear on air, but there's no kind of... He's genuine, yeah. right? So he, I just watched the arrivals today. He walks in, his head's down, he knows what he's got to do. Big McLaren Sam. comes in, he's smiling, he's feeling the pressure. Afterwards, Big Sam tells it as it is after yeah. every game, whether yeah. it's win, loss or draw. And Steve McLaren, as you said, there's always a spin. Like, you know, we've got to find consistency. We've got to do this, we've got to do that. It's an emergency. It's an emergency situation right now. And with those players in the dressing room, with some of the mentality it looks like those players have mm. got, I don't know how he turns it around. Turned it in. Turned it in, mate. Let, let, let's look to the, towards the Sunday games. And, and Arsenal go to, to Carrow Road and Norwich, and they'll be looking to, to get their Premier League form back on, on track. How do you see this one going, Rob? Well, I think Arsenal will go there and win. I, I think this is the sort of game... Without Cockland, they haven't got that defensive midfield player that they talked I, I about. I just don't think they're going to need him for this particular game. I think Alex Neal has talked over the last couple of days about changing their style a little bit. And he's been surprised that, that some of the big teams come to, to Norwich City and, and sit back and, and counter-attack. And he's just a little surprised at that. I don't think Arsenal will do that. They'll certainly go there and take the game to Norwich City. But I think Norwich will try and play on a counter-attack. They've got that chance. They've got the puncher's chance, if you like, to try and get a breakaway. Um, and Bacan- is the, is the striker that's got to try and score the goals. I'd love to see Wes Hulalham playing. Uh, Nathan Redmond, I think, is a brilliant player as well. Alex Neal is still trying to find the balance. Or Arsenal, uh, yeah, we know the balance is. It's very much attack-minded. I think I'm with you, Rob. Last week uh, away at uh, West Bromwich Albion, I'm looking at Arsenal and I'm thinking, mm, not sure they get a result here and, and they proved the point. I, I get a feeling they're going to go to, to Carrow Road to Norwich. It, it won't be as physical. I don't think that, that, that Norwich can put up as much as a defensive barrier. And I see Arsenal winning that maybe by a couple of goals. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting in January about what happens. Um, you know, Cochrane is such a, an important player. Mm. You know, maybe not for this game. And there are other players that can play in there. Ramsey is back now. But Ramsey alongside Cazorla in certain games, um, it worries me defensively. And okay. I think that there's good grounds for that as well in, with history. Robbie Musto, prediction time. Oh, Tottenham, yeah. Chelsea from the lane. Who do you fancy? I fancy Spurs, a narrow victory, 2-1. I think I'm with you. Odd goal win for Spurs. I just think that they're in better form. West Ham, West Brom at Upton Park. 0-1. West Brom bore 
the pants off West Ham and get a goal, they're going to win it. West Ham to win 2-0 for me. Liverpool, Swansea, Anfield. 3-0 Liverpool. Swansea in disarray. Liverpool, confident. Daniel Story scoring? No, he's injured. <laughs> OK, I'll go with you. Don't quite think it'll be as big, but I think Jurgen Klopp will get it done. So, don't forget to subscribe to iTunes to be able to download all the Two Robbies radio shows, and you can catch the Two Robbies podcast each and every week. Now, just time for us to recognise the best call and the best tweet of the day, which win Two Robbies mugs. So, the call of the day goes to Shim from New York, and the tweet of the day goes to Arjun, Arjun MR, who suggested that the Everton fans were at fault coming on the pitch of the Vitality. That's why the team equalised. Make sure you direct messages your address and we'll pop those mugs in the post to you. And remember, you can catch those men in blazers for a suboptimal look at the Premier League. That's on Monday, 11pm Eastern Time on NBCSN. Yeah, that's another show, Robbie L. Thanks for your calls and your tweets for letting us know how you feel about your club. We'll be back next Saturday, 5pm Eastern here on NBC Sports Radio. So until then, it's good night from me. And it's a good night from him. Good night. Good night. Want to earn extra cash for the holidays? Amazon Flex is expanding in the San Francisco Bay Area. Opportunities in Richmond, Oakland, and Daly City. Earn around $20 to $27 an hour delivering packages with Amazon. All you need is a car, a smartphone, and some free time. This is a great opportunity to be your own boss, deliver when you want, and make extra money. With Amazon Flex, you'll have flexible hours and great earnings. To get started, download the app at flex.amazon.com. That's F-L-E-X amazon.com. You must be at least 21 years old. Limited opportunities available. Get started at flex.amazon.com. Com.